Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, it's Andy Gersher. I'm the producer of the WBBM Noon Business Hour. I'm also the host of the new podcast, Gains. And and before we even get started, go grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to jot down the information you'll hear in this podcast. We'll talk markets with Chuck Carlson. And then after that, I'm going to bring our guy, Bill Uliveri, on. And we're going to go deep in the weeds about crypto. This whole podcast is called Gains. And we'll have a little something for the uh, conservative investor. But for those folks out there who like to trade in crypto and like to get aggressive in the stock market, uh, like the meme stocks, there's a ton of this stuff for you. Let's start our journey together right now and bring on Chuck Carlson. Uh, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond, uh, author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, great to have you on. I, I guess the, the the first, let's just start off with today's activity and where we're at market-wise, and then I'll get into some specifics. I definitely wanted to, you know, as as I mentioned, uh, you, you'll want to grab a pen and paper, take down some key levels with the Dow Theory, which we're going to get to here in just a second. But um, just, Chuck, what's your your take with markets? I mean, we're basically at near all-time highs. Uh, what's your just overview of the markets where we're at right now? Well, it's it's tough to ignore the momentum that we're seeing here, Andy. It's I mean, today, for example, you had a new all-time high in the S&P 500. You had a new all-time high in the Dow Jones Industrial average. You had a, a new all-time high, I believe, in the Russell 2000 small cap, which it, it, the last high that it had. I mean, you have to go back to, uh, geez, you got to go back to March 15th for the previous high. So, you know that that's gone to what a nine, ten month. Uh, it took ten months to finally break through to a new high, and then finally you have, you know, that index. It's kind of near and dear to our hearts here, the Dow Jones Transportation Average. Uh, because it's an integral part of the the Dow theory, uh, that went to a new all-time high today. So, I mean, you, you know, you can be nervous about this market, but you can't ignore this type of momentum. And I've been around here long enough to know that, you know, guys who stand in front of this type of uh, freight train tend to get run over. Well, so, and, and that's uh, the thing is you don't fight the trend. And a, a lot of times, if you like it or not, if you hey, you're on the wrong side of it. You can just get crushed. So, uh, and then, well, yeah, and you, you, you saw that today. I mean, you know, one stock in the, in the Dow Jones transportation average, it, it drove the entire index today was Avis budget. I mean, the stock was up over 100 percent. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that day. real, real quick, because that that was one of the uh, there was a couple stocks that were actually catching my eye. Avis budget was one of them. And I got to tell you. It's kind of a warning to shorting stocks now because if you get, you know, if it becomes kind of memeish, uh, this just kind of felt like, you know, there was pretty decent results. Uh, Avis budget came out and 
you know, had some better than expected results, but the stock didn't double. I think this is well, it seems to be a little bit of a short squeeze. Oh, it's a yeah. lot of bit of a short squeeze. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, stocks typically don't. And that's that's similar to like GameStop was was one of those shorts. AMC. I mean, just real quick for those who aren't really familiar, what a short squeeze is. Just just tell them what's going on here. I mean, they see this. I mean, this stock doubled. I mean, yeah, uh, the what, ticker's what, car what, on it, by the way. The thing doubled. It's a, you know, Avis budget doubled. <laughs> I mean, just explain how that <laughs> no, could happen. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, here, here's kind of how it happened. It's uh, they, they came out with good news, uh, i.e. they had pretty good earnings. And you couple that with a fact that there was about nearly 30% of the outstanding float or the tradable shares was short. In other words, you know, 30% of the tradable shares, there were bets being made that the stock price was going to be going down and not up. And when you short sell or when you sell a stock short, you're basically selling a stock you don't own with the hope of buying it back because you're going to have to buy it back at a lower price and you make up the profit on the difference. Um, When you sell a stock short, though, when it goes up, theoretically, your loss is unlimited because the stock can continue to go up and up and up and up. So consequently what happens is these short sells on stocks that have good news start feeding on themselves. So you have people coming in to cover what's called covering their short or buying back those shares that they sold short. So they don't, you know, to limit their losses, but all that does is provide more buying power in a stock to drive it higher. So, and then you have the you know, retail when, investor FOMOing, you know, fear of missing out, and that even drives it even higher. And then yeah, it catches and, uh, and long and the short. And the Reddit apes get on and 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 go even, you know, buy into it even more and start holding. And then next thing you know, it, it, it even goes farther. But then there yeah. is a downside too, because you because these can turn around real quick. Though, though it's, it's, I mean, even it's, though AMC, AMC and GameStop, you know, for those younger folks out there who've kind of, you know, been playing around with this, uh, I, sometimes they don't go back. I'm surprised at how those two particular meme stocks have actually held up. Yeah, but but if you look at, you know, even those have had, uh, I mean, to say they've had roller coaster it, yeah, rides, as an understatement. would not be yeah, describing yeah. them completely accurate. Then my guess is... You know, you'll see the same in, in, uh, in, in Avis, too. But you can get that type of action in a single day and on a stock that's high-priced and part of a, a price-weighted index like the Dow Jones Transportation Average, obviously it can have a huge impact. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is, though, there's there's a lot of momentum out there still. And, you know, is it something where you could get into, uh, as you said, you know, that, that whole FOMO thing, fear of missing out, that, that really causes a – a market melt up, you know, as we go toward the end of the year, I, that's certainly a possibility. There's no doubt about it. And, and as, as I, I will mention a million times, whatever I say is for entertainment purposes only. I'm a degenerate risk taker. I'm proud of that. I have fun with stocks and crypto. We're going to talk crypto in a little bit here. So uh, yeah, this, this, this isn't for the faint of heart, you know, and, 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 and that's why I brought Chuck in because you know, we want to give advice for the conservative investor and then also get ideas for just the straight up degenerate like me. 
<laughs> as far as just I love the risk taking. It's more fun than actually making the money and playing with this. Both, you know, we I'm a big crypto guy. We'll talk about that and, and getting some names in a bit. But also, you know, hey, stocks is where we all made our money. And, uh, you know, getting on some of these trades. It's a it's a ton of fun. All right, so uh, one other little uh, one other stock that was catching my eye, uh, and I wanted you to just comment before we sh- just dig deep and get some key Dow theory levels uh, and and start our journey in learning about uh, you know levels and and technical analysis. Uh, Facebook announced its plans to shut down uh, its facial recognition program uh, today. They've just recently changed the name of the parent company. Uh, what was your thoughts on on Facebook and uh, them coming out with this today? Are they just trying to uh, maybe distance themselves from some of the uh, the controversy? I guess they've been dealing with. Or what's, yeah, your, what's so. your take? You know, that's been a whole issue about you know privacy and uh, user uh, privacy, and I'm, I'm sure they probably felt that the facial recognition and the data they were because collecting. that's really popular popular with people right now. You know uh, the whole facial, you know their their uh, pictures and all that facial recognition. I mean, the bulk of society feels real comfortable with that, obviously. And, yeah, well, and, I, and they, I'm joking. You know, of they course. do and they don't, right? No, I mean, no, I, I, I don't think they do. I think it's at the, least the, I don't, I'm not too crazy about it. I don't know if you are. No, so, but the, you know, ahead. the thing is, you know, people kind of if people really did care about privacy, they, they wouldn't sure even be on Facebook in the face, first place, right? Social media, yeah. but but you know, it, it it seems like they don't care about it until they're told to care about it. And, and, uh, I mean, that's somewhat of a cynical view. I get that, but it's kind of uh, true. Though, you know, right? I, I think, you know, Facebook is probably trying to be, or, or meta platforms, yeah, I guess, meta. which is a new name is trying to be, you know, proactive and, and do something to maybe take some of the heat off of it. And, uh, you know, probably couch it within the, 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 the framework that they are, you know, becoming a, a, a different type of company, both in, and what they do, and, and where their vision is in terms of the the metaverse, and uh, and and all that, and, and what all which that is means. one, so, one thing you know, to jump in here. Surprising. I mean, that to jump in here, you you know about the metaverse, that's pretty cool because they they have a bunch of. I mean, there's a bunch of companies beyond just Facebook. This is the parent, just like you know Google had a parent company became Alphabet, but to, the metaverse, and we're going to talk about uh, how that Facebook change impacted cryptocurrencies hence the metaverse but uh i mean that's the direction they're going in so uh you know it's, it's the final frontier i mean that's internet 2.0 so that does make sense though from uh, a corporate branding standpoint it, it does and and you know i'm sure there's probably a piece of it that says maybe you know facebook's a little bit toxic right now the name and you think let's see if we can fix that <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I, I, I you know, they're pretty. Whether you like them or not, they're pretty smart guys and 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 women there, and and so I think they're smart enough and have enough awareness to know that, you know, changing the name is is not going to necessarily solve their immediate problems. But I think they felt that, that you know, the, the timing probably was okay given where they feel that their 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 future vision lies. I, you know, just. As an aside, I mean, I'm not sure Facebook's going to be the most, or excuse me, uh, Meta is going to be the most dynamic stock in the next, you know, three to six months. But 
you know, we own it, and and I like it a lot down at these prices. Again, you, you're going to have to be patient, but I mean, they, you know, historically they have demonstrated an ability to change with the times. I mean, there was they a can time change when, with the times, and I mean, like you said, you you find them as an attractive. Do you find them as a buy right here? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're 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 they, nice and cheap and long term. Uh, we, we're yeah, gonna... I mean, it's a company, Andy. If you if you remember that, uh, I mean, made in a tremendous pivot when the whole world moved to mobile, and they were still kind of desktop, and right. they said, "We got to go to mobile." And I swear, in the span of maybe two three quarters, they they had made that pivot and and just exploded with growth. So I mean, I, you know, I, I I would not count that firm out on most anything, quite frankly. Again, there's probably going to be some growing pains. You know, the biggest thing that worries investors or at least gives them cause on Wall Street is that, you know, they're going to be spending gobs of money. Now they have it to spend and they generate just voluminous amounts of cash flow to be able to do that. But their costs are going to be extremely high over the next, you know, 12, 24, 36 months. And, you know, that's going to impact profit margins and, and all that stuff that, uh, Wall Street analysts look at, especially when they're trying to figure out where to buy the stock tomorrow or the next day or the next year. But, you know, from an individual investor standpoint, who's not really beholding to time frame, so to speak. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good buying entry. I'm kind of I'm kind of smelling some gains here, <laughs> which, which is good. All right. So moving away from uh, uh, Facebook, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, take a hard look at that particular stock. Um, let's talk Dow Theory. You know, I, you know, I mentioned you wrote your author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Uh, you're a Dow expert. You're my go-to guy. We've been having you on the program for 20-plus years. You're one of the first guests. You are my go-to guy when it comes to markets and, of course, when we talk the Dow theory. And I wanted to get into this on our, our, our first episode of GAINS so we could just start looking at the market from a tech, technical standpoint Get a couple levels down. Um, so let's let's kind of pivot to the Dow theory. Um, so markets are at all time highs, or, or, or pretty darn close if they aren't when you're listening to this. Um, and the, you know, one of the things to kind that you I know we both use to kind of get a feel of market direction is the Dow theory. I'm a big believer and, you know, you wrote a book about this stuff, so obviously you are too. So I guess to to kind of start things off as we start this journey, um what is the Dow theory and uh why, you know, how can you use it to kind of get a sense of market direction? Yeah, the the Dow theory is really a framework for viewing the market and trying to determine what is the market's primary trend? And the primary trend is typically a trend that lasts anywhere from eight to 12 months and considerably longer in many cases. So you're looking at, you're trying to gain a perspective on the potential for the market's longer term trend, not the day to day or week to week stuff. The Dow theory was developed at, uh, and, and this is one of the reasons why people are always going kind to of roll their eyes when you talk about it, because you know, nothing that was developed in the 1890s could have any use, right? Well, it was developed by Charles Dow, who was the first publisher of the Wall Street Journal, and, his, and the work was furthered by William Hamilton, who was another editor of the Wall Street Journal. And basically, it looked at the action of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Dow Jones Transportation Average. And 
from the movement of those two averages discerns whether the market's primary trend is bullish or bearish. Now, there's a while it is a technical tool, meaning that it really relies on the movement of indices, you know, the fundamental basis that underlies the Dow theory is, is pretty simple. It's, it says, listen, in an economy that's hitting on all gears, you need certain important segments of that economy to be in sync. And, and two very important segments of the economy are kind of the, the manufacturing segment, and, and you can now throw in the services segment together with the manufacturing and then the, the, the transportation part, you know, in, in simple terms, you know, the, the makers and the shippers. And to have an economy that's, that's kind of in sync and that leads to stronger economy, stronger corporate profits, stronger stock prices, um, you want those two things to be in sync. And you want those two averages, hopefully, to be in sync to the upside. Um, so the Dow theory in simplest terms said, listen, when you see both the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Dow Jones Transportation Average, confirming one another in direction and making a series of new highs, that's bullish for the market. Contrarily, if you see both of those averages in sync, but making a series of lower lows, that in, in simple terms is, is a bear market. Um, and obviously from an investor standpoint, you prefer to have more bull markets than, than bear markets. And, and, and it's a good indicator. I mean, it's, it's not a hundred percent, but it's, it's good because, you know, it, it, it could, you know, hit its mark and then, you know, and then reach a new high. I mean, it's not 100% of the time, but when it makes a, it, it is a good indicator on if things are bearish and bullish. And you, you speak to this as far as um, breaking this down. You have, you mentioned the, the Dow, the industrials, and there's some services in there, and then the transports. And I guess the key component, and we're going to get you some levels, so you're going to want to uh, jot these down to know where the uh, Dow theory is right now so we, we can use it as a tool as we, uh, you know, move along here and, and, and get a feel for the market. But uh, that first of all, so you have the industrials and the transports, and you want them to keep making either – New lows, or if if you if you think the market's going to change, it's you know new. If the market's going down, new lows. If it's going higher, making uh, new highs together. But uh, I guess the one thing the transports are like a front runner. So just ex- explain that because they're the ultimate kind of leading indicator, and that's a kind of a key component to this, right, Chuck? Yeah. yeah if you yeah. take anything away from our conversation today, um, it's it's that you know probably. One of the most overlooked indices, uh, i.e. the Dow Jones Transportation Average, oftentimes it really holds a key to, to, to the broad market. And its history has shown it's very difficult for the broad market to sustain a significant upward advance without help from the transports. Um, and, and the reason for that, a reason for that, is that they, the Dow Jones Transportation Average represents one of the most, if not the most, economically sensitive index there is, and, and that's in, in, in my opinion. Um, because of the, when you look at the uh, transportation stocks, they, they just encompass all sorts of economic factors from, you know, that are major inputs into transportation stocks. You know, you've got labor, you've got energy costs, you've got, ship, you know, uh, shipping costs, you've got um, Consumer demand, You've raw got materials, demand. like raw materials raw material. being moved yeah. around by railroads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you know it's it's 
it, it's one of the, the, the most economically sensitive indexes there is, and it's probably the best barometer for trying to determine future economic activity. Uh, so, you know, they're really, really important. And, you know, if, you know, we always kind of say, you know, if investors had to watch one index, I mean, obviously the Dow, uh, the Dow Industrials and the S&P 500 get all the attention. But the fact of the matter is, boy, those transports are really, really important. Right. The ultimate well. leading indicator. I mean, they really kind of yeah. are the front running thing that kind of tells you where things are at. Okay. So, you know, the Dow Industrials, Dow Transports, Either, you know, running together is key. So let's just get into the numbers uh, real quick here. Uh, the Dow well, theory yeah. is, is it's, bullish. It's going to be real easy because they, they both went to new highs, all-time highs today. So so there are no – right now, I mean, the, the, the you know, the, the slate has been wiped clean in a sense of having upside numbers that you need for the Dow theory. Because it's confirmed. It reconfirmed confirmed today, today, right? Okay. Yeah, well, just give us those numbers – just so we can uh, take them down. Okay. Well, today, for example, the Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 36052.63. So that's 36,052.63. By the way, first time you had a close uh, ever above 36,000. So that's kind of an interesting milestone. That, that it, and, 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 Andy, you, you, know, you probably rem, remember there was a book written a little while ago called Dow 36,000, and the, the author – was abused back. back oh, for for saying, oh, this guy must be easy. He 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 must be drinking. He's he has no idea what he's talking about. And yeah, yeah. and if isn't it yeah. funny how that stuff? If if you hold on the stocks long enough, boy, a lot of this stuff well, comes you know, to fruition. The thing right? is, I would say that probably in the next, um, you know, I mean, and this is well. Let me give you the the, the transports. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get the transports today, real quick. So thirty six uh, thousand. 52 basically on the Dow. And yeah. then what's that transport number? The transports were about 17,040, about 17,039. Okay, 17,039. So yeah. now, all right, so now we've put those, you know, those new highs in. We've confirmed we're in an uptrend. I mean, first of all, does this give us the all clear sign? I mean, should I, you know, you know, Put the house. It's, I mean, no, under no. the Dow theory, it is quote an all clear sign. Now, one of the things that it's important to understand, though, is that while it may be an all clear sign, it that doesn't necessarily translate that it's onward and upward without any pullbacks here. And and what I typically tell people is that you know when you do get a an all a quote an all clear sign or a Dow theory bull market confirmation, um, it the, the biggest benefit of that quite honestly is is that during the next market corrections you can buy with confidence uh, as opposed to oh knowing so if you see a pullback so if you see a pullback you're like well we're in an uptrend i feel pretty comfortable you know getting back in after we just saw uh say something pulled you know say the dow and and transport say they pulled back four or five percent Feel like, oh, this is, you know, I can take advantage of this. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, that, okay. it, that's one of the the strengths of of the Dow theory is that it, it um, you know, you you can you can buy with a higher level of confidence on pullbacks when the the primary market trend has been has been confirmed as bullish, and mm-hmm. and and so that you know, again, this the all clear. You know, the press loves to report like, well, the Dow Theory says it's all clear, so it's you know, it's rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, unicorns and uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: on the other side, then, what has to happen? 
for things to turn bearish again. It requires a series of things to happen, and it doesn't happen overnight. What are you doing on Friday? Well, I'm, I'm probably going to be talking to you. Yeah, so why don't we hold that? Why don't we All hold right. that? You know, Chuck's going to join us again on Friday because uh, uh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get a, you know, go back in the rabbit hole, you know, go deep in the weeds. I mean, this is a little different than a lot of podcasts, and, and so why don't we hold that? Chuck is going to join us again on Friday, and we're going to we'll then go through what needs to happen for the Dow theory to go negative. Yeah, that's all great. right. So, uh, so wait, so we'll re- we'll reconvene on Friday and okay. uh, just kind of pick up the conversation. I know we've t- we've we've covered a ton of ground and gone deep in the weeds, and that's what we'll be doing. And we're gonna we're gonna learn together uh, how to uh, you know really invest here whether you're conservative or, like I said, a degenerate risk taker like myself. Um, so we're going to pick this up on Friday. So, um, again, thanks, uh, Chuck, for joining us. Uh, hey, we're going to talk cryptocurrencies in a second. So just hang tight. We're going to go into a commercial break, and we'll be right back, and we'll be talking uh, cryptocurrency. And we may even go down to uh, some altcoins that I wouldn't even take home to mom. So just uh, we'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You know, I promised we were going to talk crypto, and so it only makes sense to go to my uh, my go-to crypto guy, Bill Uliveri, <laughs> owner of Cynical Capital Management in Glenview, CynicalCapital.com. Uh, Bill, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well today. How are you? Oh, I'm outstanding. Really excited about this. And, you know, we're going to go deep in the weeds uh, talking crypto as we move along through the weeks and months and that kind of thing. Um, I, I guess, Bill, to start things off, um, you know, and we're going to get into some all kinds of uh, different cryptos. You're going to want to, you know, jot some of these names down. Um, there was also issues with Squid Game Coin. We'll get into that. But I, I think to just start things off on the crypto side here, Bill, just give us the basics on what a cryptocurrency is. A lot of people are familiar with uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Doge, and, and and these other coins. But you just kind of give them a 101. And we're not going to do this every week. But as we're, we're getting started with um, cryptocurrencies, Bill, what, what what is a cryptocurrency? Well, a cryptocurrency is a a digital form of information that's secured by cryptography, which makes it impossible to double spend or to counterfeit 
um, basically in a, a, an entry in a distributed ledger. So it's a form of a digital asset. Uh, it's information. It's like a glorified Excel spreadsheet on steroids where you can transmit value from one person to another digitally, electronically, like an MP3 file or an MP4 file, a JPEG. It allows you to send a digital asset with rights of provenance, rights of ownership, and the person who sends it to you loses ownership of that, right? Which is different than what we are normally used to. So it's a way of participating in a network effect of a technology project. It's, it's so many things, Andy. It's hard to actually nail down. Exactly right, and, and, and that's the thing. And I don't want to go. I, I don't want to go too deep in the weeds with this, but. Um, you know, and there's a variety of projects, and I guess we can kind of get into, uh, you know, some of these different projects as, as we go through each coin. Um, but you know, crypto is a currency of the future. Um, it, you know, it's it's a ledger, as you mentioned, that lives on the blockchain, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a ton of them. The first one everybody pretty much knows about and has seen the uh, this coin take off from you know people started paying attention it was bitcoin and people started paying attention to bitcoin when it was you know 20 30 50 dollars per coin we saw it ratchet up to like almost 20,000 a couple years ago it was left for dead came back and it's been on the rise and a lot of people know about bitcoin now um give me your thoughts on 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 bitcoin first of all my thoughts on bitcoin well, it's certainly in the very beginning of its infancy, and even until like 2015 or 2016, when I first heard about it, it was trading maybe $500 a token, and I thought it was a Ponzi scheme like a lot of other people. Well, yeah, so and Bitcoin, get to that. Everybody says that. They're, yeah. they're like, you know, this is some kind of Ponzi scheme. Um, what, what, what kind of changed your heart on that? Well, I think once I understood and learned this way that Bitcoin is kind of like a transaction and a settlement all in the same, uh, the same transaction where it reminded me so much of settlement in trading at the Chicago Board Options Exchange, right? Why do we close at 3 o'clock or 3.15? Because we have to settle up all the trades at the end of the day. All our trades go to the clearing firm, then it goes to the Option Clearing Corp. It spits out an error report that we have to reconcile the next day. Cryptocurrency is automatically, in real time, you're sending value or making a trade, and it settles perfectly clean. So once I was able to put Bitcoin in the world of trading, that's when like the lights went on, like how valuable I, I understood how this worked. And, and, um, and Bitcoin being the original, I mean, everything as far as everybody's view of, of cryptocurrency starts at Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin is basically blue chip crypto now. You know, when I when I think of the two just blue chip gold like Crypto, I guess Bitcoin would be digital gold. And then Ethereum's the other one as the big dog that comes to mind. Um, and, if, you know, you can even pick up on this. Ethereum's a, a different in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's more like a currency, a store of yeah. value. Ethereum ha- has another purpose. And then a lot of other currencies string off from Ethereum. It kind of explain that. Well, for me, Ethereum is, was meant to be a global operating system where a piece of code or um, it's code that runs the same way everywhere on the planet. So there's no, like right now, do you have an in, in Apple operating system, right? The I, 
OS? Do you have Windows 10? Are you on Linux? Are you using an Ubuntu? Do you have a PDF or an MP3? Like all these pieces of digital information all use a certain kind of operating system. Are you on BlackBerry or are you on, are you on an Apple uh, operating system? Ethereum is a way of, of making it like ISO 9000 compliant where everything runs on the same operating system. And that to me is what Ethereum is. And, global, now, and these altcoins, real quick, these altcoins, they kind of string off from Ethereum, correct? They use the they Ethereum do. as the base for a lot of other coins, correct? Sure. So when we talk about blockchain, you can almost say this is the internet. But Bitcoin uses one protocol. Ethereum uses a different protocol. Just like when we send an email or when we download a file. When you download a file, you use an FTP protocol. When you go to a website, you use HTTP Right. When you go to a secure website, you go HTTPS. So each one of these parts of the Internet, if you dig down a little bit more in minutia, you'll see that each one is a different protocol. Bitcoin and blockchain all do the same thing. They use the Internet, but they use different protocols. They use the Bitcoin protocol, the Ethereum protocol, a Cardano protocol. Well, and that's that's the third protocol. one. I'm glad you mentioned that is <laughs> Bitcoin. You know, so Bitcoin will we'll say is digital gold. Ether mm -hmm. Ethereum, there's tons of things that break off. And then there's the other, the third one that, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned Cardano um, is, is a third of these big ones, which has, in just one little sidebar, and people who are have now kind of fooled around with crypto will know what I'm talking about. Cardano, in this last big uptrend that we've seen in the last month, has stealthily avoided making a lot of money, which I, I find is interesting. So Cardano's another one. And then other cryptos kind of weed off from these big systems as well. Yes. Yes. Um, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Cardano made its uh, all-time high on September 2nd, like this year, just a few weeks ago with $3.10 a token. And then tanked. And again, they were up. And then tanked, tanked hard. Tanked. Now it's trading $1.98. And huh? so... Here we have, um, again, it's kind of like buy the rumor, sell the news type thing where there was upgrades and there was uh, uh, agreements between Cardano and other larger companies. And it seemed like everything was rolling up and ramping up for Cardano because Ethereum was getting expensive. The gas fees in order to be able to send transactions on the Ethereum blockchain was getting pumped up with all this non-fungible token business. Right. A little, little side note, were, what, that's why <laughs> Ethereum probably isn't a permanent solution long-term is because of how expensive it is. Well, that's a great question. And, it's, and I think Ethereum at its core is very important, just like Bitcoin at its core. The layer one is really important. Then everything we build on top of that, the second layer applications, that's where we can kind of leave Ethereum a little bit behind and leave Bitcoin behind a little bit. Because remember, Bitcoin is a, it's called a first layer protocol. So I can send you a Bitcoin, or I can use the Bitcoin network, the rails. So there's the railroad track rails, and then there's the car that sits on top of that. Bitcoin, the currency, is the car. Bitcoin, the network, is the train tracks that the car sits on top of. So the same thing with Ethereum and Cardano and other cryptocurrencies. You have the base layer, which is like the train tracks, and then you have all the second layer applications, and then soon to be third layer applications on top of that. So you'll see that the Lightning Network, which made El Salvador so popular in accepting Bitcoin, doesn't really send Bitcoin for the most part every single transaction. It uses the network to send the value over the from one location to the next. So it's kind of confusing, but you have to. Oh, they're not. Again, they're not doing actual Bitcoin for each transaction because 
uh, they're just sending the value, correct? It would be way yeah. too expensive. So Lightning Network, when it's, when it's described as a lot like keeping a bar tab, you and I go out to a restaurant or we go out to a bar and we're keeping track of these, uh, who bought, who had the last beer, who had the Manhattan, who had a gin and tonic. Like we're keeping track of all these things. And we settle up at the end of the evening. Eventually the Lightning Network, when you settle up, it does make it to the Bitcoin network. You'll see a transaction on the Bitcoin network. But for right now, but it might be the spending... net, but it might be the net of a host of transactions. Exactly. It's exactly what that is, Andy. It's the net result of one or thousands of transactions. This alleviates the 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 not the struggle, but it alleviates the congestion on the Bitcoin network. Because ultimately Bitcoin, according to professionals, Michael Saylor from MicroStrategies and uh, Safidian Amus from an author, Lebanese economist who wrote the book, The Bitcoin Standard. They believe that Bitcoin is going to be, like you said, digital gold, where only high value transactions take place. Not tiny transactions like a cup of coffee or a piece of chewing gum or a That's for Shiba your, coin your server. or a ripple. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's for Doge. For Doge. Um, but eventually, we're going to just see high value, high uh, monetary, um, you know, market capitalization transactions, call it what you will, in the billions and tens of billions happen on Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not designed for sending a penny or a dime. It's designed for big transactions. And that's what the Bitcoin network is going to do. But the Lightning Network, you can send a penny, you can send a nickel, you can send a million dollars, you can send a billion dollars, but it doesn't really, it only hits the blockchain like once. You know what I mean? It, it, it saves the resources of a very valuable network being Bitcoin. So Bitcoin and Ethereum, I, I like to say, you know, yeah, let's let's shift and talk about playing with these these uh, different coins. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bitcoin, as we said, was digital gold, the original. All institutions are buying into this now. You know, it's it's you know, well over sixty thousand cruising, and 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 I noticed that uh, Ethereum also at. At highs, all-time highs here, um, or pretty close, uh, very popular. But I, I like to look at, like, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Isn't that like your grandma's crypto? Well, if she listens to gains, we, we'll have her in, like, uni swaps in, within a month. But, but uh, I mean, so, so, you know, talking, you have Bitcoin, which is digital gold, and Ethereum, which is, you know, the base for a lot of other currencies, I mean, let's get down and dirty and talk about some of these other things. And, and you know, um, from Mana to Polygon to Engine to Doge to Shiba, uh, there's a, a ton of fun currencies to, to play with. How do you handle all those? How do you how do you weed through the hundreds of other coins that aren't Ethereum or uh, or Bitcoin? Well. Yeah, how, it's easy for me, Andy, and I'll tell you why. Because, again, as a investment advisor, I'm looking at cryptocurrency the same way I look at the S&P 500 or the Russell 2000. So the S&P 500 has 500 stocks in it. Russell 2000 has 2,000. Right? So how do you know which one of those companies might actually be better or potentially a, a better uh, investment than something else? So if I take all 500 stocks in the S&P 500, and I break them down individually, I can say that on the left-hand side of the bell curve, like a, like a pendulum swinging back and forth using technical analysis, overbought or oversold, I could say that 
International Paper, Philip Morris, Western Union, PayPal, IBM are on the far left side of the bell curve. On the far right side of the bell curve, it could be um, CME Group, Chevron, Dollar Tree, Ford, Harley-Davidson, uh, Occidental Petroleum, right? So all these things combined equal the S&P 500, but they're all in very different areas technically. Some are overbought, some are oversold, some are fair value. And, and, and I do ex- Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, are, are you, you're, so you're probably not even looking at these from like each individual project. You're looking at it from like a trading lens of what value, if it's under or overvalued. Absolutely. So okay. I, I, the way I look at it is that I look at Coinbase and I look at Grayscale and I say, these people are way smarter than I am in terms of picking projects, selecting stocks that go on their exchange. Just like I don't dig into every single stock that's listed on the New York Stock Exchange. I don't look at every single option, um, you know, every stock that's listed at the CBOE. There's a certain amount of trust that's involved there that if it's listed on an exchange, it's probably legit. And so for me, I look at the expertise of the people at Coinbase to say, hey, here's 100 tokens listed on their platform. And I'm going to put it into the same. I'm going to look through it the same way I look at the S&P 500. On the far right hand side, what's overbought is loop ring. Uh, Decentraland, Decentraland, Shiba, um, you know, Engine Coin, Polkadot, Storage. That's on the far right overbought side on a 10-week moving average. On the far left side, it's Cardano, Filecoin, Internet Computer Platform. Uh, Folks, are you, are you, take take this down. Take these down because <laughs> these these are great ones. And you, you, you know, you mentioned Cardano. Go ahead, go down your list because these are these are the crypto that you're currently a little bullish on. Well, I'm only bullish on because I'm a contrarian at heart. When I was on the trading floor, or, I was or you, or you see, able, or you see value, or you see value. I see value, and, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I know that you know it's too soon on all of these. Is Cardano going to be around in 50 years, or is Ethereum Classic going to be around in 10 years? Is Filecoin going to be a thing in three years? Like the truth is, we don't really know. But they have first mover adoption. They've been in the space for many, many years. They have a great project, a great team, good reputation, and I think they're just suffering from some technical weakness. And, and roughly, like stu- not- and, and, and roughly, price stabilization is is a factor too. A lot, I mean, they're volatile, but uh, you know, these exchanges carry these now these coins. A lot of them for several years, so people are starting to trust that you know when you buy Ford stock, you don't go to the balance sheet. You you trust that it's on the exchange, it's on the market, and and then you can look at pricing. But you know, I, I think that's an important part that now that these have been around a while, you have uh, institutional investors getting in on the big guys. Like I said, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and but then you see all these others that you've just talked about um, on these exchanges for years. Uh, so you you mentioned so let's just. You know, because we're we're looking for gains. So uh, mm-hmm. stuff that you see good value. You mentioned Cardano. You mentioned yes. also Filecoin. What 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 else is on that list? Uh, Car Cardano right now. I'm pulling up. I use eToro. That's one of the trading app. One of the trading apps that I use. There's a bunch of great ones out there. Cardano under a dollar ninety five. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm there with you on on getting some good value on that. Uh, you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Filecoin, sixty three yeah. sixty five. We'll call it um, Polkadot, another one that just reached an all time high. You you find value in Polkadot as well? 
Well, yeah. again, I, I, I do in the big picture, but technically it's a little frothy for me. So, so, so like, what do you see the extreme like value? You said Cardano, Filecoin, what, what other, which other ones? The far, right, extreme value for a technical trade, right? So we're only talking trade here, not fundamentals. I like Cardano, Maker, MKR, Filecoin, um, Urine Finance, YFII. Uh, I like Ethereum Classic, Polygon, and Dash. Okay. Uh, those are the ones that I like on the far left side of the bell curve is oversold. And and, and I'm gonna share right I'm gonna share you I'm gonna share with you what I, I like. And again, mm -hmm. what I say is for entertainment purposes. Because I'm a degenerate risk taker and, <laughs> and I mean you're the professional and I think we're no, all degenerate no. risk takers because we're in crypto in the first place. But Listen, um right future future return like past performance is no guarantee of future returns. It, I'm still held to some regulatory limits on my conversation right when i'm talking to you i've got my trader hat on here right not my this is how i invest for other clients this is what how i do it for myself and the and when i have conversations with people that ask me and you know on the side and, and so so, on, so on on my on my list i'm going to just throw these in here because yeah. mine kind of match up with you i've been kind of eyeing filecoin uh mm -hmm. i love ethereum classic uh and i'm with you i still think Though, and we'll talk about this in a in a bit. Um, I still like those, uh, you know, gaming oriented type cryptos. You mentioned Polygon. Uh, Engine's really attractive right now. A Polygon's a dollar ninety. Engine's about just under three bucks. And then Mana. And sometime we'll get into Decentraland. That's super interesting. I mean, that's the a, a new world that will exist in the future. So Mana true. is their cryptocurrency. Mana is what it's called. It's the currency for decentral land. That's darn near three bucks. If you look on the chart, uh, th that was like, I don't know, half, not too long ago. It's really interesting. So that's where I'm, I'm with you on, on, on that's where I see value. Okay. Now where you back to the other side, uh, mm -hmm. you, you mentioned Shiba, is is there's just been quite too much of a run up there. You don't see value there. What are some of the ones that you're kind of a little, uh, you know, you, you'd stay away from right now in these all well, the coins. ones I'm going to stay around. For, okay. Okay. So again, as, as a trader, right, we have to rebalance the portfolio. It doesn't matter whether you're uh, the Harvard or Yale endowment fund. When the market rallies, you sell stocks and you buy bonds. When the market declines, you buy stocks and sell bonds, right? You're always managing the portfolio. Uh, is we're rebalancing it. So if I have to rebalance my personal portfolio, I would lighten up a little bit on Mana, Loopring, Shiba, uh, Engine Coin, Polkadot, and look to the Cardano and Maker and Filecoin and ICP and maybe Poly Polygon. Like for me, let's, I'm going to I'm going to take my risk that way because again, there's thousands and thousands of tokens, and I need to make a decision somehow. I can't buy everything because I think that not. You know, I want I want to be able to trade. I'm a trader, Andy, like you, right? We buy low, sell high. This is what we do. Um, and so it doesn't matter whether it's beans, bonds, or crypto. We all look at it like the same way. And there's and, and actually, if you look at all the tokens, I've got like a hundred tokens that I'm looking at. For the most part, all of them combined are pretty fair value. They're slightly overbought. You know, uh, around 14% overbought. Not a big deal. I've seen it as far as 50% oversold and 55% overbought. So we're kind of smack dab in the middle. So this tells me that generally the big picture, cryptocurrency is pretty neutral, pretty fair value, but individual components are getting a little carried away of them with themselves. And so I'm going to, 
I like I don't own Decentraland yet. I don't own. I think I may have some Loop Ring. I'll have to take a look at that. But some of the other ones I do own, right? And I want to sell those and buy the stuff that's underperforming. I'm rebalancing. That's all I'm doing. Well, and and you know, let's really get down to it. Uh, there's really two. When when you look at the crypto market, um, you know, for for those who are want more of a conservative pro approach, um, you know. I've talked to a lot of experts. If you really want the long-term returns in crypto and you don't want to get down and dirty with some of these altcoins, which can be very risky, um, mm -hmm. you dollar cost into Bitcoin and Ethereum and just do yep. that long-term. And I mean, but that's for guys like you and I, that's way too easy. And I mean, as far as volatility or, or risk, that doesn't give me the juice I'm looking for. Exactly. So, so I'm going to go exactly. to the altcoins, um, which we've talked about a bunch here. Um, but I, I, the one thing I've noticed, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably with me on this, it all comes down to Bitcoin and Ethereum. Because if, if Bitcoin takes a big old downside splash, everything mm -hmm. else goes. That's pretty sad. Right. It's I been like that, correct? My my mantra, my mission statement, well, not mission statement, but my trading mantra is: as Bitcoin goes, so goes the market. So if Bitcoin rallies, the alt currencies are all going to go up in sympathy. If Bitcoin gets shellacking and gets taken out to the woodshed for a good beating, you're going to see all these altcoins fall in sympathy just as well. And, 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 and it's, they get they, they get taken down hard too because we saw the last time they rallied up with Bitcoin and and Ethereum too. Because those are the two mm -hmm. kind of like you know we talked like the blue chippers in mm -hmm. in cryptocurrency, but the rest of the market it doesn't matter how good or bad the project is, if Bitcoin and Ethereum are going up, there those all, most of those altcoins are unless there's you know a a fraudulent one like Squid Game Coin and we'll get to that in a second, but uh. They, uh, it seems like the, for the most part, and you just kind of spoke to it, it all moves with Bitcoin. I, it, the, the strength of the altcoins does come down to where Bitcoin's at. I, I believe so. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. And um, Ethereum, I, I, I guess, I, too, because Ethereum and Bitcoin kind of trade in line. I, the, the, we talked about Cardano, and, you know, like it, it somehow has avoided the big gains in this recent run up. And, and it, it had posted, as you mentioned, uh, it's it's run a little bit before, but for the most part, that's the only other you know outlier that will then you know hold up a little differently than the rest of the market. But I, when I look at like my Toro and I got on the list, there's like 50 of them here, and I roll down, they're all pretty much mark or, or march in line. Some go you know outrun the others, and some don't. I'm, I'm talking about the altcoins, but it, it all comes down to to Bitcoin. And, and again, if you're going to get into this, you want to be conservative, then, you know, invest in dollar cost into Bitcoin and Ethereum. But if you are, you know, dabbling in these other coins, you like the action and, mm -hmm. and then you still are keeping an eye on, on Bitcoin and Ethereum because they really dictate the long-term future of, sure. of, of the general market. Um, so, Andy, it's so interesting you brought up El Toro because I took the cryptocurrencies that are available on the El Toro platform and I put them into my database over here. And on the far left side, most oversold, the child that nobody is looking at right now is Cardano, ADA. 
on the far right side of the curve is Ethereum and Bitcoin. So I can take all these El Toro tokens, put them into one global database, and it doesn't matter whether I, I, I can add QQQ, I can add SPY, I can add GameStop or AMC like into this, into this view, and it will give me uh, some analysis, some color, some optics as where they are on their 10-week moving average. So for me, lightening up on some of the blue chippers and buying some of the stuff that's slightly out of favor, I think that's a good trade. Is yeah, I, I, I don't and, know. And, and again, Let's I mean, and, and you know, here's another thing too, because um, then you know we've we've talked about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and these altcoins, but then a little farther down the ra- you know, the line, there's these there there's there's tokens that you won't even take home to mom during Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. I mean, these are you know, I, I don't even tell my friends about. You know some of the the crypto because I'm embarrassed. You know, you know when yeah. when I when I was delving in the safe moon. I mean, there's some there's some that are even way down the line there that uh, you can make some real big, you know, real big gains, and that's what this is all about is making gains. Um, but there's a, a ton of risk. I, do you dabble in in some of these uh, you know really far down the line altcoins? You know, a teeny tiny bit. I They're will, a lottery I will ticket. Like, yeah, you've mentioned this on the Moon Business right? Hour, and 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 throw that in there too about about the lottery ticket. The concept. Okay, so this is I my perspective. Right? So thanks, Andy. So uh, this is my perspective. So you know, I've I'm 62 years old. I've purchased lottery tickets my entire life, and I've really torn virtually every single one up and threw it in in the garbage can. But for me, a lottery ticket is I pay a dollar or I pay I buy $10 worth of lottery tickets and I get a one-time draw like a Wednesday evening or a Friday night powerball I get a one chance at making a big money which is 190 million to one odds or maybe it's 250 million to one odds to be a sole winner of the powerball but what if I buy shiba token what if I buy these other altcoins that have virtually no chance of coming into money my odds are maybe 1 in 6000 because that's about how many of these tokens are listed right, right? not 1 in 200,000 million one in 6,000 and one in 7,000. And technically a blockchain doesn't really disappear. I mean, that's the whole idea of a blockchain is that it's immutable. So while the token might go to zero, it may never trade again. It may theoretically be delisted. It doesn't actually disappear. If I own a Shiba, if I own Squid Token, if I own these other ones that are anything Inu that are, I think are just complete scams, like I'm not going to buy those. But theoretically, I could take, hundred dollars, fifty bucks. It's not gonna. It's not gonna destroy my retirement. I'm not gonna have to put my house. Well, and, 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 and here's the thing about crypto: is it always exists. So, say you take the fifty bucks, it goes to zero. They forget. You know, the market forgets about it for two right. years, and then out of the blue, all of a sudden, it's a meme currency, or you know, whatever. It's the topic surrounded by becomes popular, and the next thing you know, everybody's FOMO you know, uh, uh, fear of missing out, you know, gets, you know, wants to get on board and this thing soars and you're like, oh my gosh, this lottery ticket just paid out. So that's kind of the concept. It in, right? about. It's like a perpetual lottery ticket, Andy. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I have my core holdings. I have some Bitcoin, some Ethereum. Uh, do you dollar you know, I'm, cost way into under, those? I'm way underinvested in Cardano. Do you, right? do, you, do you dollar cost into Bitcoin and Ethereum on a regular intervals? Uh, no, I'm no, more just of kind an of emotional pick trader. Yeah, that's okay. I, I mean, trade. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, plus... I'm with you. I, 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 I don't always do the things that I should, you know, the right <laughs> thing just because, 
you know, I, I like like playing with the market too. Playing yeah. in the market to me is almost as fun as the money that you get in the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, I don't do sports. Uh, you know, I've never read a sports page. I don't do any of that stuff. I never bought albums or eight track tapes. Like this for me is like my thing. Yeah. You know, you have to you know buy the buy the the dips and sell the rips. Right? You buy the low and sell the high. And you just you just there, crypto's not going away. I, we have another you know, 50 years of this and, uh, or more. And so for me, I'm just, I'm, this is fun for me. It's fun for you. I, I get and, up in and, the and morning. It should be stuff, fun Andy. for all these folks. I like, or like for people yeah. who, who are just getting in on this, learn it, just put, you can play a little bit. Um, and there, it's, it's really fun. You get a feel for how these things, uh, are traded. And again, this is not for the conservative investor. This is risky right. money. This is, is this is total risky money. Even if you go down the Bitcoin Ethereum route, you could make a case that that's more of a you know dollar costing in the Bitcoin Bitcoin and Ethereum is is a, a probably a smart tactic. You know those are the blue chippers. But the rest of the stuff we're talking about is is from Shiba to Doge to all these. It, it's still very risky, and people need to be aware of that. One news item uh, before we go on here one uh, there's a couple news items i wanted to get to and then we can kind of play off them a little bit uh real mm-hmm. quick squid game coin which played off of squid game which is a cr- really great show on netflix <laughs> yes. yeah i yeah. mean it kind of you know the thing about squid game it kind of shows where society is right now um right but, oh my god this is a huge philosophical conversation <laughs> we can talk about we, we could do a, we could do a podcast on that um, but there was a squid game coin and this is just, this is kind of to show how you got to understand what you're buying. Um, they came out with this squid game coin token and it, it, it pumped, it pumped quick. It, it's only been in existence for a short amount of time. It's everybody talks about squid game right now and they pump that. And then the folks behind it pretty much pulled the rug on, on this, uh, and it was a scam. And, you mm-hmm. know, people got drilled financially on this. Um, so I, what, what's your takeaway? I, I think you were on our show today. Uh, you know, this is the ultimate buyer beware situation for crypto. So you got to know what you're buying and just don't throw noodles at the wall. Yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, t- listen, talk about Bitcoin. Everybody was talking about, uh, let's just go like Shiba Inu. If you would have bought a thousand dollars of Shiba Inu in the beginning of this year, you would be up like five billion dollars, right? So we're all looking at these gains on this crazy dog token like Dogecoin. So Squid is another token that, based off that game, uh, that Netflix show that we saw, and honestly, it was it was a great episode. But listen, Squid token. You have to be a sophisticated speculator in order to get your hands on that. It's yeah, not yeah, that's a, a great Coinbase. point. That's a great point because you know what. This wouldn't have been available to a lot of folks. I mean, these are this isn't on like a t- eToro or or you're not trading it through Robinhood. You had to do like a like a. I know this is deep in the weeds, and we'll eventually get our our, our you know all of us will get there where we kind of understand this. But you had to do some things. It was, it was like you had to go through pancake swap. So you had to be kind of sophisticated to even get access. to It's this. really yeah. really hard yeah. to get your hands on Squid Token and like some of these other. Uh, you know, there's an exchange called PoopCoin, right? Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard exact, that. It's exactly what it is. It's where you want to buy these altcoins that have our lottery ticket tariffs. So you're just taking a shot on the stupid meme. 
that might make you a billion dollars, right? That's how crazy this space is. So I guess the, 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 the lesson on Squid Coin is, you know, you see the hype. If there's not a lot of history behind it and it's not being traded on a ton of platforms, I mean, treat it like you're literally going and buying a scratch off or, or some kind of lottery right. ticket. And, and the market cap, the market cap for Squid Game got to be two trillion, which is like twice the market cap of Apple Computer or Facebook. Like, come on, it and was And this ridiculous. is something that was just BS worthless. Totally. Yeah. All right. But moving. You, if it oh, was, though, if it was true, it would have been big. Oh, and, and then we would have talked about the gains, and yes. you know how many how many people bought Lambos with yes. the, with that. You know, like some of these others. Um, uh, one other thing in the news, real quick, I wanted to get to is, uh, you know, Facebook's change to Meta. Boy, mm-hmm. that moved the game tokens. Um, we had kind of talked about it a little bit, and you've you, we've mentioned some of these tokens. Uh, some of the big ones, uh, you know, these are the gaming oriented tokens and they really took off after uh facebook changed facebook's parent company changed its name to meta and the reason why mm-hmm. is these are essentially the currencies of you know m- the metaverse you know internet 2.0 and as i mentioned mana which is decentraland uh polygon and engine uh, tell me about these, uh, the gaming tokens and, and you, you've, we've kind of talked about them a little bit, but the three, I just mentioned there, the three big ones in that space, mana, polygon, and engine, um, is kind of where are you at on those? You know, I think the whole thing is very, very interesting. And I can only say that, you know, when my, when my children told me to buy Apple computer, when the first, uh, shuffle, I, you know, the, on the Apple shuffle came out. I said, I'm not an Apple guy. I'm a Dell guy. I'm going to buy Dell computer rather than Apple, right? Because my cultural time frame is different than my kids. My son is 21. He's a huge gamer. They use tokens. They use these things, these assets, whether it's a sword, a gun, a person, an avatar. They, they play this and they want to roll the stuff up. They, they pay money in order to get a bigger gun and a better knife and a better bazooka. And so to have a token inside of a game is really, really cool. Really cool. And of course, um, this whole space of gaming and cryptocurrency to be able to have a native token that you that you can actually potentially profit from as you're buying and selling attributes and gaming things inside. I think it's really really cool. Uh, like you know, Axie, you, Infinity. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you know, Engine Coin, Alluvium, um, like you said, Decentraland. There is. This is a world that I don't really get that much into, Andy. I've got to be honest with you. But my son, who, like I said, is 21 and a huge gamer, he's all over this stuff. Well, and there's and there's him, two points here. And it's, it's, first of all, it's a currency that they're actually using. And then you, yes. you just spoke about your kids um, just being a degenerate video gamer myself. I understand, you know, they, a lot of these fuddy-duddies who are like, oh, these digital things, they don't have value you know what? I just spent twenty five dollars on a skin for a, a GTA Grand Theft Auto character, <laughs> and, you know, so I could run around with a T shirt in GTA. Is it any different than me going to Macy's right now? I can even see it from here. Me going over to Macy's and buying a T shirt. Uh, digital things have value, and 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 that's just Absolutely. a prime example. And you know what? A lot of people, older folks. Who, who might not be in the know here aren't aware of that, but you just, and you just alluded to this. You, I mean, your kid's aware of it. 
You know, yeah. I mean, what, what are they're all they're on board with this? They see the value of digital things and where this is all going. My kids dress better in their games than they do when they go to yeah, no Sunday kidding, church. Right? Okay. No kidding. Well, that's that's kind of a new. That's another podcast in itself, <laughs> as far as just the lack of fashion sense for a lot of people. But I won't even go there. But okay. you're you're right. Okay. I mean, and they probably spend as much on skins. I know. Yeah. Yes, I have a friend of a friend who is a clothes designer. She actually has a shop like one block on the other side of Rodeo Drive in California. This whole lockdown COVID thing closed her business for weeks, months, quarters, almost for a year. She was desperate to try to figure out a way of selling clothes. Well, what she did was is she took her design fashion, and she's very popular, and I'm not going to reveal her name right now, but she's creating digital representations of the actual physical clothing line she sells in her store just on the other side of Rodeo Drive, and she's selling them to gamers who can use these, these fashion statements inside their games. They don't want a blue purse. They want a name a fancy purse, right? They don't want pumps. The girls don't want pumps. They want Jimmy Choo looking pumps. Right. They don't, want, they don't they, want. They don't want a. They don't want a coach bag. They want. They want <laughs> something that was made in. You know, I, I get what you're saying as far as yeah, and or a digital version. And you know what? It, it's funny. I just before I I came in here, you know who's who's making a move to the metaverse? I just found out this afternoon. Nike. Who's that? Nike. Really? Yeah. They're they're. Uh, bringing in uh, they're they're going to do stuff with trademarks and they're going to be planning or they're planning on selling digital nf you know shoes i imagine like sense. in some kind of nft form um i know we've gone on and on we've covered a ton of ground <laughs> here uh yeah. which is really good and you know what if, if people stick with us we're we're going to you know this is all going to make more and more sense as we go through this. I mean, this that's the whole point of this podcast is um, introducing these names, introducing these different projects, and, you know, together learning about all these different cryptos. I mean, uh, there's a huge learning curve here. I, you know, I'm just kind of scratching the service or, or, or this, um, I'm just kind of scratching the surface of this. Uh, you've been down the you know, you've been in the rabbit hole even a little farther. Um, so, I mean, just looking f forward, uh, Bill, yeah, I mean, we haven't even touched this. Uh, you can mine this stuff. Uh, there are so many projects that are going to be coming up that we can make money on. So, uh, and again, younger folks, I like, the thing I like about this space is young people see the value, as we just talked about with video games. And, and, you know, you have some of these staunch institutional investors who are like, oh, this is a Ponzi scheme. I, you know, I don't, this is, you know, and, and, and to some extent it may be, but this mm -hmm. is the future of finance. And, and right now is, is, is a good time to jump in. I mean, don't you think that's fair to say? And uh, I mean, I, I guess as we're wrapping things up and, and, you know, we'll do this next week. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll bring on Bill next week. So we'll, uh, go back into the crypto rabbit hole, we'll get you a bunch of names and that kind of thing. But, you know, from our initial, uh, discussion here, uh, I, I, what, what, what do you think is the takeaway? The takeaway is that there's no doubt in my mind that we are building a parallel financial system, whether it's 5g networks with the token helium, which just did a deal with Comcast, right? 
uh, our, five, our 5G network that everybody's talking about, it's not going to look the way it, you think it looks. It's going to be tokenized with a, with a company called Helium. Um, the, the NFL, NBA, uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship, they're all being able to increase their fan base, their fan base participation by listing their, their special moments and their signatures using non-fungible tokens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Token Chili's. Yeah, we like, hear this a so, lot. The, the NFTs. At, I mean, yeah. all the major this sports. Is real, real stuff, Andy. Right? Yeah. It's just. It seems odd. It seems strange. It seems impossible. But the world is moving digital, and, and we and, have to get on board with it. And we're we're still we're still at the very beginning, which is good because, yeah. um, in fact, I, I could make a case that we're at the very beginning of a brand new financial system, and. And the metaverse, which is going to be an online world, Internet 2.0, it, it, it is for real. And these cryptocurrencies and are, are a big part of it, the financial part of it. The NFTs, like an art and collectible market mm-hmm. in all of this, we've touched upon skins. Um, so, I mean, we're at the ground floor of of some game changing stuff. So why don't we just, why don't we end it here? Um, and then I'm going to, we'll, we'll just bring you on next week and just go deeper into the, the uh, deeper down the rabbit hole. I guess the, my takeaway is, you know, and again, take my opinion as pure entertainment. Cause again, mm-hmm. I'm a degenerate risk taker uh, and full disclosure. Uh, I just dumped a bunch of Sheba that I'd been riding up. Uh, within the last, you know, six hours. Uh, my my takeaway from you is, boy, Cardano, a.k.a. ADA, kind of got to like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, good value there? You like, are you, I'm, well, is, is I'm it, just saying, like you, Andy, like I, I, I've got to have my uh, passionate hat on, what I love about crypto, what I love about trading. Uh, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I'm not betting the whole ranch here. So if Cardano goes to zero from like two bucks a token, I'm okay with that. So I need to, like my my perspective is purely my personal opinion. And if I'm assembling a portfolio that's sloshing back and forth between overbought and oversold and I'm trading and I'm having fun, you know, Cardano, I think is a really good value here. And some of the other tokens that we mentioned in the beginning of the show might be one to lighten up on. I'm not, I'm not saying they can't go higher. I never thought Tesla would get to be $1,100 a share. I never thought that the S&P 500 a year ago would be at like 4,600. Like there's a lot of things that catch me off guard, right? And, and we go to extremes. And I think cryptocurrency is exactly the same thing. We have ones that are overbought, oversold, good projects. Um, like we used to say on a trading floor, make the trade, manage the risk, right? I'm going to make a trade on Cardano, manage the risk. And let's, let's, let's That's do a takeaway. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Um you going to be around on Friday? Yes. Okay. Well, you know what? Bill's going to be back with us on Friday. We'll drop a podcast Friday afternoon. So why don't we just reconvene then and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, just kind of pick up the conversation. Like I said, Bill's going to, you know, eventually talk to us about how to, uh, he mentioned it, NFTs, how to mint NFTs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill also knows a ton about mining crypto. So there's going to be a, a ton of stuff that we're going to talk about going forward. Let's just go ahead and uh, uh, let everybody absorb what we've taken in so far. And we'll, we'll pick up this conversation on Friday. 
That would be great. All right, sounds good. That's outstanding. Well, hey, thanks, Bill. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on Friday. Okay, Andy, sounds great. Thank you so much. So there you go. We're going to have our two guys back on Friday. This is a journey that we're going to take together. I'm really excited to bring us all in. And like I said, for the conservative investor, we'll we'll give you great advice. Uh, And then for those who uh, like the risk, like the action, this is the podcast for you. So uh, be sure to check us out tomorrow. We're going to have a ton of good stuff. And we're going to delve into the meme stocks as well. So I'll see you tomorrow. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.